Right, real life kids, my expectation is you will eat snacks, do colouring in and listen because I know that the spirit of Christmas doesn't want you to just eat snacks. I know that God himself would love to speak to you personally. So I would say keep a little ear open and see what you can hear and see what you can take home. So my name is Melanie. I am married to Stuart and mummy to Levi and Asher. And it is my absolute pleasure and privilege to be one of the leaders here of Real Life Church. We moved here to start this church and it is a beautiful thing to look around and see all your lovely faces and have you with us this carol service. I'm going to give this a try oh, just, yeah, to, just to make sure it works. Uh, so good evening. My name is Ben. Um, I'm a, on the senior leadership team here. I'm married to the very sparkly Charlotte who sat at the front. I've got two children, an equally sparkly Esme and uh, my big boy Zachary. Hi, I'm Matthew. Uh, thank you. Uh, I lead, I'm a leader of the youth team and I'm also serving on ID this year. Hi, I'm Matt. Um, I'm one of the elders at Real Life Church, which is an amazing, amazing privilege to be part of this family. I'm married to the beautiful Phil, who is in charge of making this room look as beautiful as she is, which I think is an amazing job. Hi, I'm Katie. Uh, here at church, I lead a kids' team, and I'm on the messy church team. This was our preaching team for the series, The Spirit of Christmas. So week one, myself and Matthew spoke. Week two, Matt and Katie spoke. And then week three, which is this week, by the way, got myself and Ben. So one thing I do want to say very quickly is I can't see the clock and normally that is my go-to on how long to speak. But because it's so dark, it literally looks like nothing. So someone's going to have to, you know, help me if I'm going on too long, all right? So just start passing out or something and I will realise, okay? So I've asked these guys to come up. They're going to share the Bible story that they read from when they spoke. If you are not here for week one and week two, on our website... There's a thing that says sermons in the top right-hand corner. Click on it and you can catch up. Today's will stand alone just fine. So if you miss week one, week two, you'll be just fine. Today will stand alone. However, you might like what you hear today and you think, I would love to catch up. So myself and Matt spoke first and then Matt and Katie second. You can go online and you can take a listen to it. So I'm going to pass to you. You're going to read the scriptures and then Ben and I will talk. Hello. So I had some readings from the Old Testament. Firstly, 2 Samuel 7, at 12 to 14. I will raise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name, and I will secure his royal throne forever, and I will be his father. Secondly, uh, Isaiah 7, verse 14. All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Then also Isaiah 9, at 6 to 7. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, 
the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. And lastly, Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. And this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. In that day, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. Uh, Matt and I spoke from Luke 1, verses 26 to 45, the birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Um, Thank you very much for the readings. Stuart, would you just grab your phone for me and just snap a quick photo where we're posing it up? Because I've got to be honest, some photos get taken of me when I'm preaching and my face always looks weird. I've always, I'm always pulling a weird face, so I just would like one of the preaching team where I am not making the weirdest face known to man. Is that all right? Thanks. I'll pretend. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for persevering with that. Thank you very much, preaching team. Oh, it's not me, is it? It's Ben. So we, um, we started off this Christmas series by saying that some might say that the spirit of Christmas is all about togetherness, about giving and sharing of gifts and food and drinks and laughter and fun, 
showing kindness and being generous. But what we've looked at over the last couple of weeks is that the Bible says the spirit of Christmas is the Holy Spirit and that he is the spirit of God and that he's everywhere over everything and everyone, making sure that we all know about Jesus. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is God. He is the spirit of God and he's not limited by body or anything. He is the spirit of truth. He loves Jesus, he's powerful and he's super helpful. In week one, Mel and Matthew looked at the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament through the readings that we've just had and all the ways that he told people that Jesus was coming. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christmas and inspired those prophecies that pointed to the birth and identity of Jesus. And he's been speaking about Jesus all throughout history, always pointed to him, and that's what makes Christmas so wonderful and glorious. The sign of the virgin birth and him and Jesus being from the throne of David were all prophecies fulfilled by Jesus. And the spirit of Christmas is super helpful to us as we read our Bible, because that's the place where we can really meet with Jesus. He encourages us to find special places where we can make time to read the Bible and really press in. And what we looked at in week one is different ways that we could read our Bible to help us meet with Jesus. And that if we had children, different ways that we could read the Bible with them and make it part of our family life. And we encourage those of you that are in life groups to talk about the Bible, share how God is speaking to you, and pray for one another to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're also challenged to do everything full of the Holy Spirit, rather than saying, I do it. To do things empowered by the Holy Spirit, rather than doing things in our own strength. We also started to think about what life would look like if we sought to partner with the Holy Spirit in what he is up to, rather than asking the Holy Spirit to get behind the things that we're up to. And that's something that we want to come back to in a minute. And then last week, Matt and Katie looked at the role of the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story. They showed us how the Holy Spirit is present throughout the Christmas story, revealing, empowering, and pointing to Jesus. They showed us how the Holy Spirit is the power of God that accomplishes impossible things, such as the virgin birth and giving healing to the barren woman. They told us that the Holy Spirit is a gift from God and we're all invited to receive him and experience his guidance, revelation, conviction and boldness in our lives. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live out God's calling on our life. Matt highlighted to us that in Luke 1.37 it says, The word of God will never fail. Or in other translations, with God, all things are possible. And Matt asked us a series of how questions. How can my anxiety end? And I'd include in this definition of anxiety, separation anxiety, whether that be from a device like a phone or a tablet, or with social media. Just ask yourself, could you go throughout Christmas Day without a phone or a tablet or social media? Could you make it two days, Christmas Day and Boxing Day? I would suggest that if the answer to that is no, then the device probably controls you rather than you controlling that device. He also asked, how can my depression be gone? How will I cope with the pressure of exams and school? How will I find friends and not feel alone? How can I be healed of chronic medical conditions? How can my marriage be saved? How will my children give their lives to following Jesus? How will I found a home? 
How will I keep going when everything around me is just too much and seems to be desperately impossible? And Matt said, the answer is by the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Christmas. And then Katie said that in the run-up to Christmas that she had heard people saying, I don't do Christmas, it's too hard. And there's various reasons for that. Maybe they've lost a family member around this time of year, or there's lots of stuff going on, or celebrating Christmas just feels daunting or even impossible. Or maybe Christmas is just too busy and you don't have time to spend with Jesus. That many of us could be worried about the financial aspect of Christmas and have our focus on that rather than on Jesus. And for some of us, it may be that we feel like we can't really celebrate Christmas and talk too much about Jesus because people that we spend time with don't know him. And Katie felt that there were people who were physically and mentally struggling, and this season is really, really hard, but that the Holy Spirit wants to break in and work with us. Just as the Holy Spirit was everywhere on the Christmas story, he wants to be everywhere in our Christmas story and beyond, because his power is real, and it's for all of us. I just want to pause now for 30 seconds for you to be honest with yourself and with God about how you're feeling about the next couple of weeks. Tell him if you're super excited, but equally tell him if you're full of dread. And today what we want to do is build on weeks one and two about how the spirit of Christmas brings it all together forever. We're going to look at three things from the passages that were read to us, that the Lord is with you, God's kingdom will never end, and that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Christmas, empowers us to tell others about Jesus. You might have been to one of our previous carol services and therefore know what to expect from the next bit. However, this year we want to do something a little bit different. We know that most of us are feeling a bit overwhelmed and burnt out, like Matt and Katie said last week. And so as we go through the rest of this message, we're going to pause like we did just a minute ago and have some time for us to respond, much like we would do on a Sunday morning if you're with us, and see what the Holy Spirit is up to, how he is moving and where he wants to take us. We want to partner with the Holy Spirit and get behind what he's doing in the room, not just what we've got planned to say. We might get through everything, we might not. And our hope and prayer is for this carol service is that you would encounter the Holy Spirit, not just hear about the Holy Spirit. In preparing for this part, God has been speaking to me through Psalm 46, and particularly the first part of verse 10 that says, Be still and know that I am God. I'm told that in the Hebrew for be still is rapha, And the word has a range of meanings, including be still, to cease striving, and to relax. And in the context of this verse, it means to be still in the sense of calming oneself down and letting go of anxiety and fear. This is a call in the Bible to surrender to God and trust in his power and sovereignty. The way it's written indicates that something is being caused to happen. And in this case, the thing that's being caused to happen is to be still. So the verse is literally saying, let God cause you to be still. So we should surrender to God and let him calm us and remove our fears and anxieties. And we should trust in the power and sovereignty to know that he is in control. 
And just before I hand over to Mel, I just wanted to pray for us. Yeah, Father, I thank you that your kingdom is a place where we can experience your love and your joy and your peace and your kindness and your goodness. Father, I, play, I thank you there is a place where we get to encounter you. Father, and I pray now that you would cause us to be still and know that you are God. Yeah, Father, we pray that you would come by the power of your Holy Spirit and be amongst us here. Amen. Thanks, Ben. You're going to stay up here with me, aren't you? And any bits you want to jump in on, please do. So I'm just going to pull out three very simple lines from what was read. And I'm going to say a couple of bits about it. And I'm going to hopefully pray for us. So the first line I want to pull out is, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. And I felt like when I prepped, God wanted us to know that yesterday, today, and forever, God wants a people that he's with. And I think sometimes we view God as this angry headmaster who's distant and only really wants to tell us what we're getting wrong. Actually, the Bible says the complete opposite. He's a daddy that wants to be with his family. And when he said Jesus, that's what it was all about. It was a way for God to be close to his family. So the manger, the cross, the empty tomb, they all say the same things. They all say, I'm a God who wants to be close to you. I'm a God who wants to fix things. I'm a God who wants to enter into your world by the power of the Spirit. So it was by the power of the Spirit that Jesus was born and put in a manger. It was by the power of the Spirit that Jesus was asked to go to the cross and save a people so that they could be close to God. And it was by the power of the Spirit that the tomb was left empty. It's by the power of the Spirit that the Father asked and Jesus did these things for us. So if God wants to be with us, the question I'm going to ask is, where are you? If God wants to be with you, where are you? And that is a question I do believe we need to ask at Christmas time. Where am I? What am I doing? What's going on? We get to January, don't we? And we ask all those questions. Like, am I happy with my weight? Do I like my job? Am I happy with my home? Am I happy with where my kids are at? We assess everything and we ask the question. I do believe today in this room that God himself would ask, where are you? So he is a God who wants to be with people. Where are you? And you might be sitting here and you might think, well, I'm all in. I love God. I'm like Mary. I'm like, whatever you say, God, I want. That is brilliant. I'm going to give you a moment to tell him that. You might describe yourself as a little bit on the fence, lukewarm, maybe a little bit distant from God. You might have found this year really tricky, really challenging, and it's made you pull back a little bit. It's okay to recognize that and tell God about it. Or you might be here thinking, well, I don't even know this God that you're talking about. I have no clue it's okay to tell him that. I remember before I became a Christian telling God, I don't know who you are, but if you are real, show yourself. 
And that happened for me over a couple of years where I encountered God over and over again. So I want to give us a moment to assess. I know it's not January the 1st and it's not New Year's resolution time, but what it is time for is just have a moment. Real life kids, you can do the same. Real life youth, you can do the same. If you are a kid or you're a young person in the room, God wants to be with you as much as he wants to be with the grown-ups. I'd argue because I look after the young, he wants to be with you more so. Um, But he wants to meet with you. So I'm just going to give you a moment to just think, where am I at? And then you might say a simple thing to God. You might say, "I'm, I'm all out for you. I just want more this year. You might say, I've, I've gone a little off the boil, I know that. I want to get that sorted out this year. Or, I don't know you. And if you're real, I'd love you to reveal yourself. So I'm going to give you a moment to do that. Is that all right? If you're new to this, don't worry. When I had no real knowledge of God, I just spoke to him like I would any other person. And just said, well, if you're there, show yourself. If you're real, prove it. So you can do that. If, for what it's worth, I still talk to him like that now. And I don't want you real life kids and real life youth and any other young people in the room thinking, ah, oh, this is for the grown-ups. This is for you too. I felt when I prepped this message that you young need to know God as much as the next generation and the one after. You need to know him. And it's okay for you to say, I don't know who you are, but I wouldn't mind knowing you. I'm grateful to God that my kids met him really young. You can meet God when you're young. Jesus. And the next line I want to read out is found in Luke 1, 33. It says, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Yesterday, today, and forever, there is a kingdom that will never end. And I don't know who you're living for or what you're living for. I don't know who your king is. But I do know that the Spirit of Christmas, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God wants you to know that Jesus is the King of all kings and he wants you to seek first his kingdom. In forever there are no flash cars. When you get to heaven, new heaven, new earth, no flash cars, no fancy houses, no education at a level that we think, well, that's acceptable for me or not acceptable for me. There's no surplus income. There's no rich. There's no poor. Sounds absolutely glorious. And you may or may not have those things in this lifetime. But in the one to come, what matters is people. What matters are the things of the kingdom. So it's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's justice. It's mercy. 
The poor matter to God. Those on the edge matter to God. The broken matter to God. The humble matter to God. The outsider matters to God. In heaven, it's all about Jesus. And it's full of people who know Jesus and follow him. So my question is, who's your king? If there's a king and a kingdom, who's your king? What are you building? Is it lasting? Is it by the power of the Spirit? And will it never end? When you meet your maker, what will you take with you? What will you have in your hands? What will you hold out before him that represents your life? Can I suggest that even this Christmas, you take a little look at that and think, what am I building? What do I give my time to? Is it stuff that lasts? Stuff that will outlive me and go forward? Or is it stuff that at the end of my life will basically waste away? I felt like as I prepped this, that there were some people who really needed to just look at their lives and examine it this Christmas time. Hold your stuff and go, is this worth it? Is this worth what I've put in? Is this worth... Or do I need to start building with silver and gold? Do I need to put someone else on the throne? Is it time for me to look at Jesus? Is it time for me to get some of those things sorted out? Christmas is a great time to be able to have little bits of reflection, to have moments with a mulled wine and a mince pie and actually just take a look at your life. I want to suggest that in a room like this, you could just say to God, I'm prepared to look at it. So you don't even need to make any big, bold decisions. Don't need to be like, well, I'm going to go home and do this. You could just say to God, I'm open. I'll take a look at it. So that's, for me, that's what I wondered if you might do. I keep looking at Ben, not because, you know, it's just if he's got anything. I think we're really blessed in real life church to have so many kids and I think, you know, when we give you a minute just to pause now and reflect on that, I'd also think, what would my kids say? If their kids look to my life, what do they say I give my time, my effort, my energy, my money to? Would, would they say it is of the things of God? That I'm building his kingdom here on earth? That it's stuff that's going to be eternal? Or is it all stuff that's temporary? Oh, that is a great question. Ask your kids. If you've got kids in the house, ask them. So if you've got a moment, why don't you just say to God, this Christmas, I'll take a look at it. I'll take a look at what I'm building. And I'm prepared for you to say, let's build like this. So just give you a moment to do that. And then this is the last bit. Real life kids, can I just get you to give yourselves a pat on the back? Oh, you're doing so well. Real life youth, thank you so much. 
You've done so well. So I'm going to read the last bit. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to a town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt for joy within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know that yesterday, today and forever, the spirit of Christmas wants you to know that people matter to God and your people matter to God. The news that Mary had contained inside of her she ran or rushed to meet with her cousin Elizabeth because what she had inside of her was living and active and it needed to be passed on or reproduced. The Spirit of Christmas, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God goes with her and then Elizabeth is also filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's done something in Mary that then gets passed on in some way, shape or form to Elizabeth. So are you filled with the Spirit of Christmas? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you know that in the story, even the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy? I find that staggering. So if you are a kid in the room, if you are little, a little person, the Spirit of Christmas wants to meet with you. Even if you're pregnant, the Spirit of Christmas wants to meet with your baby that's not out walking around yet. I find that amazing that God so wants to be near to us us that he will pick the little ones the mummies the the he'll just he'll have anyone who has an openness to him so real life kids kids real life youth youth God wants to meet with you but you also have something you can pass on we have something we can pass on so who are your people Who do you most love? Who do you care about? Who do you think I would so love for them to meet with the Spirit of Christmas? Let me suggest first, you be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you go into people's homes full of God and you share that. And you see what God will do with you. Because he's living, because he's active, because he's real. See what he will do when you yourself get yourself around to other people's houses and in other people's lives. This Christmas, I firmly believe that those who are full of the Spirit should get themselves around other people and see what God will do. And maybe you're sitting here and you think, I know people who are full of the Spirit and I know there's something a little different about them. I know that there's something going on. Well, maybe you ask What's happening with you? Can you talk to me a little bit about what's going on inside of you? So I'm going to ask you to do something really brave now. I'm going to ask you to stand and hold out your hands if you'd like to. And I'm going to pray for the spirit of Christmas to come upon us. Stand if you are able. If you are not, stay where you're sitting and just hold out your hands. Young people, kids, The spirit of Christmas so wants to meet with you. We serve a God who loves to be with his people, loves to meet with people, loves to come close. He is not a headmaster who stands from a distance. He is a daddy who loves to be with his family. So I'm going to pray. Ben's going to pray. And then guess what? We're going to sing some more carols. It's been a while since we've sung one, so I feel like we're about due. 
So we thank you, Father God, that you are God with us. We thank you, Jesus, that you are Emmanuel, God with us. And we thank you, Spirit of Christmas, that you love to move among us, that you love to work within us, that you don't mind if we're young and you don't mind if we're old and you don't mind if we're anything in between. We know that there will be people here who are struggling with Christmas. We pray for you, Spirit of Christmas, to come and meet with us. We pray for you to show us Jesus. We pray for you to bring healing. We pray for you to bring release. We pray for you to provide. We ask you, Spirit of Christmas, to help us. We know you to be a super helper. So we ask for you to help us in our time of need. We ask for you to give us something that is living and active and we can pass on. We love you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. We want to know you more. Amen. Yeah, Father, we just pray in this world of being always on 24-7 that you would use the Holy Spirit to help us be still and know that you are God. In this time of busyness, would you help us to be still and know that you are God? Father, would you cause that to happen, that this time of pausing wouldn't just be a moment in this room, Father, but be something that we take out as a gift as we leave this place to pause and be still and know that you are God.